Hi, and welcome to Cameron's Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. There's a word that God's put on my heart for tonight. There's also a word that the Lord has put on my heart for Sunday. And you just spoke about Elijah and the cloud like a, a fist. Um, that is almost exactly what I feel God wants me to share prophetically uh, with you, with the church, with, with the men of, and women of God um, here in the church on Sunday morning. But um, tonight we were given the, the theme of kingdom men, the life, the home, the influence. And um, so girls, you're going to learn something this evening because, you know, you're going to hear all our top secrets. Um, but uh, tonight, the way we're going to do it, uh, Ray is going to be speaking tomorrow night. Um, I'm sharing tonight. And I'm going to be talking about the character of kingdom men. And then Ray tomorrow night is going to be talking about the influence of kingdom men. So mine's more about the heart, I guess. And Ray's is more about the action. Because Ray is a bit of an action man. Um, now, so I'm going to talk about character. So I, I want to start by saying what is character. Um, some of this is going to be basic. Some of this is going to be, hopefully, going to be like, you know, we're going to learn something as well tonight. But um, let's just pray before we go. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that tonight my tongue would be like the pen of a ready writer. Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would flow through me. I thank you, Father, that you've put some words on my heart to share with these men and women of God tonight. And I pray, Father, that these words would be relevant. Lord, that what you speak, Lord, would build us up, would cause us to grow and cause us to learn and cause us to become everything that you have called us to be. So I just give myself to you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for all you've done in my life and for all you're going to do. Amen. Probably a little bit more about me, actually, before, before I get into this. So um, I grew up in the New Forest area, which is uh, to the west of Southampton, Lovely bit of the countryside there in the New Forest in Hampshire. And uh, moved to Portsmouth when I was 21. Um, this friend of mine who used to come, a preacher, evangelist, who used to come preaching in our church in Southampton, um, uh, started this church in Portsmouth in, in October 97. And every time he saw me, he told me about what he was going to do and said, you should come to Portsmouth. You should move to Portsmouth. Now, I don't know if you know, but... Southampton and Portsmouth, they don't really mix. Um, there's a bit of football rivalry there and all sorts of stuff as well. Um, anyway, um, three times, Andy Elms is our senior pastor's name. Three times he said to me, come on, move to Portsmouth. Come and be the church administrator. Because uh, he saw my amazing admin skills in the, in the church office of the church that I grew up in. And I was like, no, I love my church. I don't want to move anywhere. I'm, I'm here for life. And I just literally just told my pastors that I was there for life. And, uh, and, and Andy said again, he said, well, I've spoken to the pastors. And if, if you want to come to Portsmouth, then, you know, you come to Portsmouth. And uh, I was telling Jim this earlier. Hello, Jim. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and I said, uh, no, I, I really don't want to move to Portsmouth. It's like the last thing I want to do. <laughs> um, and uh, for a third time in uh, Christmas 97, just after Andy and Gina started the church, um, he said, come on, Stu, I need an administrator, a super administrator like you. And um, my, my administration skills were known throughout the land. Um, and uh, and he, said, uh, he said, come on, move to Portsmouth. You're going to be part of our, our amazing church. I said, well, 
the church is like 20 people. It's, um, it's not like you've only just started. I don't know anything about, I've never even been to Portsmouth. And, uh, and, and he said, well, come and, and be part of the miracle that God's going to do. Um, so I did. I just, I thought, why not? Let's just do it. So I moved to Portsmouth um, in February 98. And um, the attic bedroom in Andy and Gina's house was my bedroom. They paid me 50 quid a month. Um, for working full-time for the church. The church office was under the staircase in his, in his house. We met in a local community center, and then God. And it was like the fist thing. You know, God just breathed on it. And um, to cut a long story short, I've grown up with the church. My role in the church now is executive pastor. Um, so I've retained a bit of that admin stuff still. Um, but uh, I, I oversee the running of Family Church, essentially, uh, with an amazing team of people. And, and in Portsmouth, <clears throat> every Sunday we gather about 550 people, and uh, we have four other congregations, and, and God has just blessed the work um, that he is doing, and it's definitely him, because we didn't have a clue what we were doing. Um, and still, you know, we're getting there, but but really, all glory to God, because it's God that, you know, it's God that's able to... to bring the increase we we plant another waters but god brings the increase amen so anyway getting back to the the subject tonight sorry one more thing i've got one wife just one um i've got three children two boys 18 15 and then our little girl lola um, we adopted her uh, three and a half years ago she's seven years old now and she's just she adores me i literally can't do anything wrong <laughs> she just loves me so much <laughs> More than my wife sometimes, um, but like it's like what an amazing gift to have a daughter that loves you. <laughs> I'm very grateful to God um, for my family. Anyway, I'm really going to get into what I want to talk about tonight, and that is what is character. I want to start by talking about what is character. I'm going to tell you first of all two things that character is not. The first thing that character is not, it's not personality. Um, you're probably already starting to to get a feel for my personality tonight. Um, I love people. I, I think I'm a friendly person. I love detail. I love, I, I love everything being just right. Um, I'm musical. Uh, I'm mathematical. That's the kind of personality that I carry. Now, character isn't personality. Ray is intense. <laughs> he has this smoldering intensity. <laughs> When he looks at you, it's like melts you. <laughs> Ray is is a creative person. Um, how else would you describe yourself, Ray? He's he's um, he's one of those. He loves an adventure. Ray does, and which is why he's served as a missionary in the Philippines for a few years. Um, and and you'll hear more f about Ray um, tomorrow night. I don't want to pick him up too much, but he's brilliant. Um, he's one of those all or nothing people. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it and do it with all of his heart. Um, I've got a friend called Sean. Sean is actually uh, one of our pastors in Family Church. He looks after our Portsmouth congregation. Uh, Sean's a deep thinker. He's like one of those deep people. Like you spend a few minutes with Sean, you're like, whoa, he just took me into depths of deepness that I didn't know were there. Um, he's one of those people that, that he just like, he, he'll start doing something. And before he knows it, the day is gone and he's still doing that thing because he's just like so involved. Um, Everyone has a different personality. Um, I could describe the personality of my children, all different, my wife, um, and all of you who know each other better than, than I know you at the moment. Um, you know, 
you know different personality traits that you have. Personality is your individuality. It's your traits, um, it's your interests, your drives, and things like that. So character is not personality. Character is also not your nature. Now, let's talk about what your nature is. So when you were born, when I was born, you're born with um, a nature, which is actually the sin nature. Um, every one of us is, is born into this world with the need for salvation. We carry this, this old nature, this sin nature. That, that's why the Father sent the Son, Jesus, um, to die on the cross to not just um, take the punishment for sin, but um, so that we, when we put our faith in Christ, it's like we died with him. Um, our old nature was taken to the cross, cross with Christ. And uh, through his death and his burial and his resurrection, we are raised, the Bible says, to newness of life. Amen? And in 2 Corinthians 5.17, we read that if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. So spiritually, because of your faith in Jesus, spiritually, you have become alive to God. You have been, we call it, born again. So you were born of the flesh. And uh, whilst you lived in this world, in the flesh, without Christ, you, you had a spirit man, but it was, it was there but dormant, dead to God. But the moment you put your faith in Christ, spiritually, you became alive to God. Amen? You became alive to God. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Which is an incredible miracle. Probably the greatest miracle of all. You're a child of God. You're born of God. Born again. You are a son of God. A daughter of God for the girls here. Um, you carry the nature of your father, just like my children carry um, my nature. As children of God, we carry the nature of our heavenly father. So if character is not personality, if character is not our nature, what is character? Well, character is the outward reflection of the person that you are on the inside. And I just want to say, if only we could really grasp what God has done on the inside of us, then we would be living lives that truly reflected the incredible work of God. God has done this incredible miracle on the inside of you. Old things gone, all things new. And our character is the reflection of the person that we are on the inside. Your character is your internal nature revealed through your life your internal nature revealed through your life just like when we had the sin nature before we were born again that was reflected in the way that we lived wasn't it it, it, it came naturally to sin because we carried the sin nature well in the same way now we carry the the god nature the divine nature the holy nature of our heavenly father it's very natural now for our character to reveal that through our lives and it should be reflected in the way that we live our lives in the way that we do life in the way that we do friendships in the way that we do family and marriage and so on um, the God nature the holy nature inside of us should be reflected 
through our lives. God has called us to be people of integrity. That word integrity means wholeness of character. In other words, living completely true to the people that we are on the inside. God has called us to integrity, to live true to the people that we are on the inside, to perfectly reflect the internal nature, that holy nature that has been planted inside us by God. That's how God wants us to live. And it's very important to God that we live this way, that we live with integrity, that we're people whose character reflects what God has done on the inside. When people look at us, when people look at you, they should be able to see that you're a child of God. Um, I was saying to Jim earlier, we've had a lot of chats already, me and Jim, um, and I was saying earlier that um, you know, when I was in school, it wasn't until the age of 16 that I told anyone that I was a Christian. I was embarrassed. I was shy. I was very shy. I didn't know how to communicate the fact that I was a Christian. And then, I didn't tell you this earlier, Jim, but it was actually on the, the college bus in my first year of, of um, A-levels. I was sat on the back of the bus one day, and all my mates were sat around me. And they knew that I was different. I never swore. I never did the stuff that they did. They knew there was something different about me, but they, they couldn't work it out. Like, why was I? I was a goody-goody. I was a nerd. Well, I've always been a nerd. <laughs> um, <laughs> love nerdy stuff. Um, but they knew there was something like they couldn't work it out. And so I was sat on the back of the bus and I, looked, I, I got this like urge inside because I, I was getting on fire for Jesus. I, I couldn't contain it anymore like Jeremiah. There was a fire shut up in my bones. And I, I sat around and I said, hey, you guys, you're all going to hell. <laughs> Not the greatest way to introduce your faith to other people. Um, and they kind of looked at me with mouths wide open. Um, and, and I had to do a lot of work to kind of, you know, kind of win them back, I suppose. Um, but as a result of that, a couple of my friends came to, to church with me. One of them got radically saved um, and I believe is, is still serving and living for God to this day. And, um, you know, from that point on, though, I, I came out as a Christian. I was like, these. The, it was so much easier, and they had so much more respect for me once I'd shared my faith with them. So, God wants us to be people whose character reveals the nature of God that has been planted on the inside of us through salvation. Now, Jesus was full of integrity. He perfectly reflected the divine or the holy nature in the way that he lived his life. In the way that Jesus loved people. In the way that he showed mercy. In the way that Jesus confronted injustice. In the way that he walked in humility. Um, the way that Jesus showed kindness. The way that Jesus served faithfully. The way that Jesus exercised self-control. Everything about Jesus' life, the way he lived, everything about his character revealed the divine nature. All of this flowed from that nature that was within him. And we have all been called by God to reflect the divine nature in the way that we live. In other words, we've been called to walk in the character of Christ. I think that's one of our greatest goals in life is to aim to live lives that reflect the character of Christ. In other words, that we look like Jesus looked as he walked through this world. 
It doesn't mean we have the same personality. God loves your uniqueness. He wants you to stay individual. Um, I think he loves my uniqueness and wants me to stay the very special individual that I am. Um, I've asked my mum many times, why did she spell my name? S-T-E-U-A-R-T. And all she ever tells me is it's because I'm special. Thanks, mum. <laughs> She's my biggest fan. <laughs> God doesn't want us to be robots. You know, we've all got different personalities. It's an important thing that we understand our personalities. Um, this makes us unique. However, God has called us to reflect the divine nature in the way that we live. In other words, he's called us to walk in the character of Christ. We're going to look at that, what that means in just a moment. Um, the Bible shows us clearly what the character of Christ looks like. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they give first-hand accounts of the way that Jesus lived, of his character. The epistles that Paul wrote contain some really clear definitions of the character of Christ that we've been called to live in. So I just want to share from Philippians 1. You thought I wasn't going to use my Bible, didn't you? Um, Philippians 1, verses 9 to 11. In fact, I've got this, a couple of them written out because these ones I'm reading from the New Living Translation, which is not this one. This is the New King James. So let me just read from the New Living. Um, Philippians 1, verses 9 to 11. It says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. That's a high calling, isn't it? Pure and blameless lives. But I, when I look at Jesus, I see a pure and blameless life. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. What's the fruit of your salvation? Well, it's the revealing of what God has done on the inside. So that's revealed through our character. Um, the righteous character produced in your life by Christ Jesus. It says, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, which is the righteous character produced in your life by Christ Jesus. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. If you, do you want to glorify and bring praise to God? Well, walk in the character of Christ. Let's, let's live like Jesus. Um, Colossians 3, verses 12 to 15. Again, New Living Translation. It says this. Since God chose you to be the holy people. I'm going to, sorry, give you that again. Colossians 3, verses 12 to 15. It says this. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. So that's talking about our nature, which has been made holy by God. Our internal nature. God chose us to be the holy people that he loves. It says you must clothe yourselves. So that's talking now about our character. So our nature revealed through our lives. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So all of these words here, this is revealing God, isn't it? This is exactly as Jesus looked. When you look at Jesus, you see tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. 
that, that is just a non-negotiable. Verse 14, above all, clothe yourselves. Again, clothe yourselves. So this is about your character. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Just tags it on the end, because that's just such a, a key to living a godly life. Always be thankful. So when we see Jesus, we see that his character, the way he lived, was a perfect reflection of his nature. His holy character was a reflection of his holy nature. He still lived in this world. Because I sometimes use this world as an excuse. I say, well, I'm hard-pressed on every side. You know, this world, there's so much pressure to, to go the world's way. My, you know, my teenage sons, they're like, Dad, there's so much pressure to do it the world's way. I'm like, yeah, but you don't have to. You can still go God's way. So Jesus still lived in this world. He was surrounded by sin, and he was still faced with the same temptations that we're faced with. Yet he was without sin, wasn't he? Jesus was able to walk in holiness, again speaking of his character, because he understood that, the, that he carried the divine nature and he understood what that looked like. How did Jesus know um, about his nature? How did he know what the holy, the divine nature looked like? Well, he spent time with the Father. He spent time in the Scriptures. He understood the, character, the, the, the nature of God because he spent time with his Father. He knew who his Father was in nature and how this should be reflected in the way that he lived his life through his character. He also relied on the Holy Spirit to strengthen and empower him to live that way. So when we look at the life of Jesus, we learn how to reflect the divine nature that is in us in the way that we live. How do we do that? Well, Jesus read the scriptures. And he prayed. He spent time with the Father. So we renew our minds. Romans 12 verse 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable and perfect will of God. Um, so we spend time with the Father. We pray. We, we spend time in Scripture. Again, this, this is stuff that if you've been a Christian for a long time, you've heard it every week. <laughs> you, you, you've heard it all the time. You heard it in Sunday school, in kids' church. You spend time in prayer, talking to the Father, and you spend time in the Scriptures because we need to know who God is if we're going to reflect him in this world. Um, and then secondly, we've got to rely on the Holy Spirit because the truth is that in our own strength, uh, we, we can try, we can be really disciplined, we can, we can do good things, but in our own strength, we can't ever fully walk in the character of Christ. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can continually and constantly and consistently reveal the, 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 the nature of God through our lives, through our character. Um, so relying on the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 15, which is um, our senior pastor, Andy, Andy Elms, uh, when he started the church, 
um, we actually didn't used to just be called Family Church. We actually used to be called, I didn't share this with you, Jim, when we were talking about it earlier. Um, we used to be called Abide in the Vine Family Church. That was the name of the church. And it was a little bit weird, so we dropped the Abide in the Vine bit and just kept Family Church. Um, so, um, in fact, Andy's neighbor, next door neighbor, he used to have a T-shirt with grapes on saying Abide in the Vine. And his neighbor thought he was part of a wine tasting club. His, his, his neighbor thought every Sunday morning he went to this wine tasting club because he used to wear this shirt. So, abide in the vine, um, you know, grapes and all that. So, yeah, in John chapter 15, but Jesus uses this amazing illustration of the vine and the branches. He's the vine, we're the branches, the Father is the vine dresser. So, you've got the Father, the Son, and us. And, of course, you've got the Holy Spirit. Um, who is the life of the vine. And, you know, uh, Jesus says in, in John 15, verse 1, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Okay? So, abide in me. So, how do we abide in Christ? Well, we start by putting our faith in him. That cleans us up. That allows us to be grafted in to the vine as a branch. So we're grafted into this tree of life, which is Jesus. And then he says, and I want to abide in you. Well, how does that work? Well, when you're in Christ, um, the Holy Spirit wants to fill your life. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to fill your life with his life. And I see, you know, when, when you look at a tree, the, the sap that flows from the trunk into the branch that carries the nature of that tree uh, you know a, a, um, a branch um, is only going to ever bear the fruit that the the life of the the vine gives that branch isn't it so um, it's absolutely key to us living lives that honor and reflect and glorify God in this world is to abide in him and allow his life to abide in us allow the Holy Spirit to fill your life um, with the nature of, 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 of God. Just, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit, knowing the presence of God in your life is such a key to living for God. It, we cannot do it in our own strength. I'm getting there. Nearly there. Galatians chapter 5. Um, is, is for me an absolute key to, um, to living a life that reveals the nature of God. Galatians 5 verse 16 says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if we walk according to the way of God's Spirit, and empowered by God's Spirit, then we're not going to live as the world lives. And then skip over to verse 22 to 24. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You can have as much of that as you like. And those who, have, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now when this, this passage talks about fruit, well, fruit is a manifestation of the life or the, the nature of, of the plant. That's what fruit is. It's a manifestation of the nature of the plant. You have apples on an apple tree. 
because they are the fruit of the apple tree is a manifestation of the life in the tree. It comes forth very naturally. And the fruit of the Spirit is one fruit, but with many segments. It's like an orange, isn't it? So it's one fruit. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. One fruit with many segments. So you, you take an orange and, and you, you open it up and you see all these different parts, but it's one, one fruit. And in our lives, these characteristics of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are a manifestation of the divine nature that we have been given when we put our faith in Christ. And then it says in Galatians 5 verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? Well, since we have the divine nature, we live in the Spirit, let's display that nature in the way that we live. Let's walk in the Spirit. Let's allow our character to display what God has done on the inside of us. Jesus fully displayed all of these characteristics. I think Galatians 5 is just a wonderful picture that says this is the character of Christ. Now walk in it. And how do we walk in it? We renew our minds. We understand who our Father is. Because when you know who your Father is, you know what your nature is. That's the first thing. And secondly, we um, are filled with the Holy Spirit. We rely on the Holy Spirit who brings that life to the surface so that we can bear the fruit, the character of Christ. We have been called by God to display these characteristics in our lives. And our pilgrimage through this world, you know, this, this is just a short journey that we're doing, isn't it? We're just in this world as temporary citizens. And our pilgrimage through this world um, as Christians is about consistently walking in that character. I'm just going to finish off in just a moment. Just a couple more verses. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 says this. For you were bought at a price. What was that price? Well, it was the greatest price of all. It was a life given. It was the blood of Jesus. That's a high price to pay. You were bought at a, bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So I believe that spiritually we're already glorifying God because we've been made new. We're new creations in Christ. We carry that holy nature of God. So let's glorify God in our body, in the way that we live, in our conduct, in our attitudes, in the words that we speak. We've been called to live differently. I'm sure men and women of God, I'm sure that you have heard it said Many times, you know, we are not of this world, but we live in this world. And, and it's true. We live in this world, but we are not of this world. We are of another kingdom, aren't we? A kingdom that looks very different to the kingdoms of this world. We are of another kingdom um, that behaves very differently to the people of the kingdoms of this world. And it's okay to be different. I discovered that, um, you know, when I was sat on that, that bus um, going home from college one day, I discovered that actually people often will respect you for being different, for making a stand for what you believe. We're called to seek first. Seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't forget that bit. 
It's not just about seeking first God's kingdom. If you're seeking first God's kingdom, you're also seeking first his righteousness. You're seeking to live as a citizen of his kingdom, to live the way of his kingdom. And I don't want to be someone who every now and then displays a nice bit of juicy fruit. You know, I did a really kind thing today. Nice bit of juicy fruit. Here you go, everyone. Have a look at that. That's the, that's the nature of God revealed. Now, I want to be someone who consistently produces good fruit in my life. I want to be someone who, when people look at my life, um, they say, definitely, he's a man of God. And I don't want them to say that just because I'm a pastor or just because, um, you know, I go to church. I want them to say that because of my character, because of the, the way that people see integrity in my life, which means um, what's on the inside is revealed um, through my character. So I want my life to consistently display good fruit in every area. In my marriage, in my friendships, in my uh, relationship with my children, in, in the church, of course, um, but in every circle of life. Um, and I'm not saying we'll get it right 100% of the time. Um, I don't. But when you look at the pattern of your life, I think it's the real key um, Bible, New Testament thing. It's about the pattern of your life. When you look at the pattern of your life, what's a pattern? Something that repeats itself over and over again. When you look at your life, is there a pattern of godly character in your life? If there's no pattern of godly character, then you need to know the Father more. You need to know what he's done in your life more. You need to call on the Holy Spirit more to help you. Um, but I want people to see a, a, a consistent uh, pattern of good fruit, uh, fruit through my life. Um, Titus 2, verses 6 to 8, says this. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded. This is Titus 2, verses 6 to 8. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. I think this is probably the New King James Version. Um, to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Now this, this um, comes right after the passage about the qualifications of an elder. Um, uh, you know, one who is called to oversee uh, the church. Um, but these qualifications of elders that are spoken about here in Titus and in when Paul writes to Timothy, these qualifications are actually qualifications of every man and woman of God. These aren't just about if you want to be something, be this. This is as a Christian man or woman, let's be this. Let's glorify God through our body and as well as through our spirit. So a pattern of good works. And I just want to finish um, tonight just by homing in on one aspect of the character of Christ that um, I think is absolutely vital for us to get right in every single arena of life. And that is love. Um, <clears throat> there's never been a greater display of love than was revealed by Jesus. Because we read in John 15 verse 13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends, right? It's, it's the greatest love of all. 
And it's, and it's this all-giving, sacrificial love that God has for us. It's called agape, isn't it, in the Greek? And, and that's the love that God has called us to uh, reveal in our lives. So we have the nature of God. Our lives have been filled with the love of God by the Holy Spirit. And so God's called us to live as people who show his love in all areas of our lives. And Jesus did that as when he laid down his life. This act of love that Jesus um, showed on the cross is also spoken about in Ephesians 5. Um, <clears throat> 522 to 33. We're not going to read the whole passage, but the Apostle Paul speaks of Christ laying down his life for the church. And this is the ultimate picture of a marriage relationship. There's just one verse from Ephesians 5 I want to read, which is verse 25. It says this, because this is, this is a men's meeting, right? Um, and, and I just want to, to speak to you guys, especially to you married guys or will-be-married guys um, or people that know married men, right? So that's all of us. Um, I just want to say the Bible says that we should love our wives as Christ loved the church. It says, husbands, in Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That's massive, isn't it? It's, it's ultimate. It's sacrificial. It's all-giving. It's totally selfless love. And, you know, there's a lot of talk um, amongst Christian men about how marriage should work and um, and and the husband being the head and um, and submission from the wife and so on. And I just want to say tonight, I don't believe that the issue is submission. I believe the issue is love. I believe it's a love issue. I believe that, you see, Jesus gave his life for the church. He showed the ultimate love. And because of his love, my heart for Jesus says, Jesus, I submit my life to you. I, I want to be everything that you've called me to be. Um, and I believe that, that when we truly love someone, whoever it is, whether it's a friend or whether it is our wife or our husband, when we truly love someone, when we show that unconditional, selfless, sacrificial love, then it causes a response of submission. The issue isn't submission, the issue is always um, about love. Um, and I just want to encourage you, let, let's be men who are, who are willing to show the love of God through our lives. Let's be men of God who make it a priority to show love. Um, I don't believe that submission can ever be demanded. It just doesn't work like that. Submission isn't something that can ever be demanded. Um, submission is something that comes as a result of knowing that you are utterly loved. Um, and the other thing I just want to say about that as well is when you read in the New Testament, um, that word head, the husband is the head of the wife. Uh, when you read that, um, actually a better translation of the word head and the right translation is source. And it goes back to Adam and Eve. Eve, uh, the source of Eve was Adam. So um, Christ is the head of the church. He's the source of the church. He's where the church came from. Um, and, and to me, that speaks of this interdependence um, that we have in a marriage relationship. You know, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father 
and be united to his wife, um, and the two shall become one flesh. And, and, and this joinedness, this, this one flesh, um, this being joined together, it's about interdependence. And it's, I, I, again, I just really believe that God, your, your highest calling as a, as a man of God is to love as Jesus loved. Uh, and that starts with your wife. It starts with your family. Um, and if we can get that right, then um, I really believe that, that um, we can get it right in other areas of our lives as well. So I just want to finish with, with that thought, really. Um, you know, just going back to what we've been talking about tonight. So God has changed us on the inside. He's given us this new nature, this, this holy or, or divine nature. We, we carry the nature of Father God, right? So there's been this incredible miracle that has happened on the inside. And the thing that brings the greatest joy to Father apart from souls being saved, I think that is the number one. But in our lives, in terms of the way that we live our lives, the thing that brings the greatest joy to our Father is when we reveal what he has done on the inside through our character. And and we just wanted to start this weekend by talking about character because it's a heart issue. It's a matter of the heart. And if we can get the matters of the heart right, then when it comes to being men of influence kingdom men of influence in all these spheres of life then that's going to happen when we get the first part right we glorify god um through our character um so maybe god's challenging you on an aspect of that tonight love your piano playing could you um love love that and uh you play um draw me close to you it's like one of my all-time favorite songs as well. Thank you. Did you know that? Did you say, oh, it's one of Stu's all-time favorite songs. Ah, good job. You James. Yeah. Thank you for leading us. I, I love, just by the way, there's something special about your worship here. Um, there's something, I, I'm so excited about what I'm going to be sharing on Sunday because I, I really believe, like, just what you said earlier, it's everything that God has put on my heart for, for Sunday. So, looking forward to that. Anyway, um, so maybe God's challenging you tonight. He's certainly challenging me. There's, there's aspects of my character um, that I know aren't fully revealing the nature of my Father that He has placed within me through salvation. Um, there's areas that I know God's challenging me on. Would you mind standing with me this evening? Because I'd just like to, let's close our eyes. Let's make this um, between us and the Lord now. Let's make this between us and God. And and I just want to ask you, if there's an area of your character that God's challenging you on, why don't you do two things tonight? Why don't you make up your mind, first of all, that you're going to find out more about the Father. You're going to find out more about that aspect of God so that you understand what God has placed on the inside of you. But number two, you're going to become reliant on the Holy Spirit so that rather than you trying harder or working harder, because everything God wants to do is from rest, isn't it? It's about his grace. We live in the seventh day of God in that sense. Um, And and if God's at rest, then so should we be. And, And we can be when we're filled with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of grace. And God wants to help you 
And, and the best way he can help you is you just laying it all down. And, and that's why we're going to sing that song, I think, in just a sec. Um, so what's the character of Christ look like? Maybe God's speaking to you about being a man who reveals God's love through your character more. Maybe the area is joy. Maybe, maybe you know that you're not revealing the joy of God through your life as God's called, God has called you to. Maybe it's peace. Maybe you're not revealing the peace of God through your life as God has called you to. Maybe it's patience. Patience. Oh, we, we move away from that word quickly, don't we? Patience. But maybe it's patience. Maybe God wants you to reveal um, this attribute of his nature through your life more. Maybe it's kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. It's okay to be gentle as a man. You don't have to have a hard exterior. You don't have to be macho. You don't have to be anything the world says makes a man. Um, you just have to be a man of God. And sometimes, um, as Christian men, we shy away from gentleness and kindness because we think, oh, that's not so so manly. But actually, God wants to develop that in your life. He wants you to be revealing the attribute of who he is through your life. And men, maybe it's self-control. Self-control. Maybe it's self-control. Maybe there's an area of your life and you know you need more self-control. And maybe tonight God's just challenging you on that, saying, with my help, you can do it. With my help, you can make a stand. You can draw a line. You can draw a line in the sand that says, no more am I going to allow that thing to drag me down, to pull me away from the presence of God. No more. So just grab one of those things that I've just been speaking about. I'm absolutely sure that every one of us has at least one of those things. And, and the Holy Spirit right now is saying, right, let me help you with this in your life. And I just want to pray for you. Um, and we're going to sing this song. Draw me close to you. I lay it all down again. Because that's the key. Knowing the Father and relying on the Spirit. Would you, um, if you feel comfortable to, would you just lift your hands to the Lord? This is um, it's, lifting your hands is simply a sign of surrender. It's a sign of surrender. It says, God, this isn't about me right now. It's about what you want to do in my life. And, and Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray that every one of us in this moment, Lord, would meet with you. Lord, I pray that you would do a deep work in our lives. I pray, Father, that you would, by revelation, not by my words, but by revelation of your spirit, you would reveal the attribute of your nature to us so that we can greater understand who you are so that we can live as Christ, so that we can reveal the character of Christ through our lives. And I pray, Father God, that it wouldn't be about us doing this in our strength, but Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would bring strength because you said it's not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. It's by my spirit. Holy Spirit, we surrender to your work in our lives. Lord, we surrender to you 
working in and through our lives. Lord, you're the vine, we're the branches. And God, we pray that the life of the vine would come in such a way, oh, in such a way, God, that we're not striving anymore. We're not just self-disciplined. This isn't about works, but it's about your grace in our lives. Oh, God, fresh revelations of your grace tonight, I pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done, but for all you're going to do, for all you're going to do. Lord, we surrender to you. We surrender to you. We surrender to you. Thanks for listening. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. If you want more information about Camrose Baptist Church, visit our website, www.camrosebc.org.uk. Follow us on Instagram at Camrose Baptist Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Camrose Baptist Church Edgeware.